0: We just started hearing of this coronavirus coming out of China and at that time it was a, oh, you know, things will be fine, we've been here before, Um, you know, we've seen SARS, we've seen Zika, Ebola, all these endemics coming out and we've managed them fine. So I think at that time it was a bit of a, oh, here we go again, another little
1: blip in the industry. It's hard to know what date precisely this all began for the travel industry. But one thing is for sure, and that is that when it did, our entire way of living and working changed in an instant. Matt Castell is a mobile travel agent who's been working in the travel industry for the last 15 years. And while he's experienced some significant ups and downs in his time, like all of us, nothing could have prepared him for the extreme roller coaster he's had to endure over the last couple of months. But while it's felt impossible and heartbreaking at times, Matt remains upbeat and optimistic that the only way we can navigate through this new world is together. Yeah, the first question I wanted to ask you was, I guess, was going, you know, going back a little bit in in terms of your journey in travel. What was it that sort of got you into wanting to work in in travel in the first place?
0: Well, to be honest, it was a classified ad in the newspaper, if you can believe. Back then, that's how we used to look for jobs. Um, I just arrived into Australia with my partner, Rox, and we'd, we'd been here for you know a year or two before backpacking um, and raced to try to find some jobs. Rox, fortunately, beat me to it and got hired as a recruiter. And, um, I started looking for a serious job, opened up the newspaper and and flight center had an ad looking for consultants. We had a quick chat and, you know, a partner kind of said, well, you've traveled a lot. You love travel. Why not give it a bash? Gave him a call. Next thing I knew it's down at Sydney head office, which back then was down at central station, um, walked in, did the group interview as they did at the time and, um, Fast forward a few weeks, I was in training and started my journey as a travel consultant.
1: And and how long ago was that now, Matt? That would have been 2006, so nearly 15 years. And I mean, so you were already traveling when you sort of came into the travel industry. Was, was travel a big thing for you when, you when you were growing up as a kid?
0: Probably not massively. I think with, with my parents, they, they struggled. I've got two siblings and um, my parents, I think, probably chose not to travel with us as much as they probably would have liked to. We did a lot of trips around um, Canada, whereas, which is where I grew up. So we did a lot of camping. Um, but being kind of kept away from international travel, I think maybe sparked that interest even more. So, you know, once I was out of the house and earning my own money, it was something new and something different. So I was even more excited to get out there and kind of see more of the world.
1: You know, what, what was your journey like within Flight Center? I mean, you, you, you did quite a, f- a few things there, didn't you initially? Yeah, look, I,
0: I kind of, I think I ended up in all of the Flight Center retail brands by the time I um, left the company a few years ago. Um, I think when I was when I was hired, it was a really really great time for Flight Center as a company and for the individuals within it. Um, we were just coming into a lot of new great systems. The world was opening up. Um, online systems were just being com- you know, coming into place with wholesalers and things like that. So I was right there on the cusp of moving from the old style of travel agenting, which was the old big phone books of fares and, um, telephones, you know, using to, to speak to airlines and wholesalers and tour companies. Um, also within flight center that at that time, it was very entrepreneurial. Um, if you wanted to push and if you wanted to do something, if you wanted to be better, um, or go further than your peers, it was open for you to do that. So, um, so went from, from novice, um, in I think July to team leader in September um, and took my career from there to managing and leading probably I think about 10 different teams over my career with Flight Centre.
1: And I mean you you mentioned entrepreneur you know you learned lots of different things there, and entrepreneurialism being one of the key pieces that you, you sort of took away from Flight Centre. And, and I know that you've since obviously gone on to start Curated Travel. Are there, are there other traits or sort of inspirational bits, I guess, if that's the right word, to describe what you've, yeah, those, those things that you have taken into Curated Travel and how you run your business now from a day-to-day point of view? you know, everything I learned
0: about travel and being a travel agent was from, um, flight center and, you know, the amazing people that they hire and bring into that company. And I think that's probably the best part about the company is, is the people that's, that's within it. Um, they've, you know, obviously got great training programs and things like that, but it was a, it was a lot of you know, give this a go and, and see how it works. And if it doesn't make some changes and go back and do it again. And it was very much that way when we, you know, when I started in the company and for quite a long time. Um, so I think what I brought from flight center was definitely trying things and just having a go, um, also taking care of your customers. Um, generally that was always the number one. It was, how can we do better for our customers How can we get a better price? How can we give them better services? How can we follow them up better when they're back? And how can we keep them as customers? So I still find myself every day thinking of what can I do for my customers today? And that's how I kind of built my business from the ground up. And I still think about that every day. And it's number one.
1: And how how long ago was it that you started curated travel? Now, and, and and what what was it that sort of gave you know what was it that gave you the insight or thought to go you know what I'm ready to start my my own thing now? Yeah, so so it was a t- two and a half years ago um, that I finally decided to
0: leave flights Center retail and start out on my own. Um, I kind of dipped my toe into the into the water first. With joining their mobile um, brand, which is called Travel Partners, um, where at that time they had actually just purchased the company. So they made it quite easy for consultants or team leaders to move across from the retail business into the mobile kind of travel agent arm of, of Flight Center. So I started in the Travel Partners mobile brand, um, which you know, you're you're kind of still under the flight center umbrella. You've got similar systems, you've got the same or similar fares um, and preferred products and partners and things like that. So it was a really easy way to kind of move across without, you know, having a massive change in shocks of the system, which was great because stepping out of retail, which anyone that, you know, works as a travel agent in retail knows, it's a bloody hard job. You're doing long hours. You never know what's going to happen. Um, there's massive highs, there's massive lows. And all of that is bloody fantastic. And I loved every minute of it. So after, after six months as a, um, as a travel partner mobile, I ended up opening up my own independent brand, which is called Curated Travel. And the fantastic thing about travel partners is that they give you the opportunity to do that So with Travel Partners, they allowed me to open up my own brand. They helped me out with um, setting up systems and GDSs and getting all my accounts ready. And that process took a couple of months, Um, definitely a bit of a learning curve. But with the support that I had from the brand and the people within it, it wasn't too difficult. And um, here I am running my own independent agency.
1: No one could have predicted where we're all at now in the travel industry. And just, I guess, what has happened so quickly in, in really is just a matter of weeks, frankly, for us, I guess, here in Australia. So, I mean, how have the last few weeks been for you since this all began?
0: Yeah, pretty um, pretty surreal, to, to be honest, Matt. It, um, you know, e- even going back to, you know, end of February or sorry, end of January, I think it was when when all this was kind of just in its infancy and starting to kick off and we just started hearing of this coronavirus coming out of China. And at that time it was, a, oh, you know, things will be fine. We've been here before. Um, you know, we've seen SARS, we've seen Zika, Ebola, all these endemics coming out and we've managed them fine. So I think at that time it was a bit of a, oh, here we go again, another little blip in the industry. You know, having been in the industry for this long, you kind of learn that you know everything will be fine and back to normal pretty quickly. Well, I guess I was quite wrong about that, I think a lot of people were. So you know that was that was three months ago, and, and here we are in April now, with um, looking at closed borders and um, commercial flights essentially stopping almost worldwide. So um, yeah, it, it's been a roller coaster, but up until now, it's been a lot of reactive stuff, which is. I think testament to, you know, being a good travel agent is knowing how to think on your feet and getting the job done when it needs to be done. Um, and, you know, myself and loads of my colleagues, uh, you know, I know they've all been working as hard as they can, no matter if you're a retail travel agent or on your own or a mobile with any of the brands. Every, every single travel agent I know has been working their asses off to get their customers safe and sound, um, firstly, and then also protect their, um, investments and their money that they've got booked in travel already.
1: What's been your experience of working together, I guess, on trying to find
0: solutions. The, the amount of other agents I've spoken to in the last few weeks that are, you know, not even in my immediate network about, you know, questions have come up like, Hey, Matt, I've, I've seen that you're getting people back to the UK. How are you doing this? You know What flights are still operating? Um, you know, because in, the information going around was all over the place and a lot of the times incorrect. So I found I was um, you know, sharing information with other agents about which flights still had seats on them, which flights you can wait list and actually get available seats on. Um, and we were all having success with getting you know, customers booked and traveling back to their home country whether that be Australia or Ireland or the UK or Canada. And a lot of this information came direct from airline reps, which I think have been absolutely stellar in, in, in this situation. You know, with some of them staring down the barrel of potentially losing their jobs um, at a time like this and, and working their butts off to, to make sure that their agents and their networks and also customers at the end of the day are sorted it's just been amazing. You know, I've had phone calls with airline reps, for example, um, Catherine Thornton from Malaysian Airlines, basically getting on the phone to their head office in Kuala Lumpur to get flights put back on that were originally cancelled. So um, United Kingdom and Irish residents can get back home. And, you know, I think I fist pumped 20 times and yelled so loudly, I scared, scared my bloody dog. When I got that phone call from Catherine saying, Hey Matt, the flight's back on, get people booking. You know, I got, I got the messages to my agents in my network right away. And we were all furiously booking in, um, you know, segments on the airlines to, to get these passengers booked on flights. And then of course the the customers and the, the passengers flying, they're absolutely over the moon, you know, I had, I I had multiple customers calling me upon landing at Heathrow in tears, you know, thanking, thanking me for getting them home and, you know, how happy they were to actually be back in their own countries. And it's it's an amazing feeling. You know, we don't get to, to feel that way that often, you know, feel like we're actually changing someone's lives.
1: That's amazing. Of course, there are there's so many incredible agent stories out there of, who've got similar experiences and, you know, really just going above and beyond to get people home. And I guess, yeah, I'd be pretty keen to hear a little bit more about a couple of your particular rescue stories. I know that you helped out uh, a, a father back in Canada, help him get his daughter home. And that was pretty, pretty big, big deal, to say the least basically I've,
0: I've, I'm, I'm obviously Canadian and grew up there. And one of the Facebook groups or pages that I'm involved in is called Canadians in Sydney. Um, and of course this, the whole thing kind of kicked off a lot of comments and questions of people asking about how can we get home and what's happening. And my flights have been canceled, but I haven't been contacted by the airlines. I don't know if my flight's still going, Um, or some people saying I've had three flights booked and three flights canceled, and now I don't have enough money to book a new flight home. So they were just felt that they weren't being communicated with by, um, you know, either the airlines direct, which is fair enough because at that time they didn't know what was going on due to, you know, government restrictions and, and so what. Um, and then also, unfortunately, a lot of them booked with online travel agencies, who just, you know, failed to communicate with their customers at all during this time. Um, but one particular one was, yes, this girl contacted me um, saying, you know, she'd had a few flights booked and canceled and she really was trying to get home back to Vancouver. Was there a flight we can get her on? Um, I ended up finding her a seat on Air Canada from Sydney to, to Vancouver and got her booking. And then you know, her questions were still valid, which was, you know, is this like going to go ahead or is it going to be canceled again? And you know, I can't afford to book a new one. And I said, look, look let me speak to, um, you know, my contact at the airline. So spoke, spoke to Neil, Neil Ford at Air Canada, who, um, actually, you know, told me that the flight was hundred percent going ahead at that time and everything was looking good. So got her booked all good. And then the I get a phone call from the dad. So dad in Canada rings me up and says, oh, you know, he, he was quite emotional and said, you know, thanks for helping my daughter, but look, uh, she's checked in online and she's got her boarding pass and it's it's got this code on it rather than a seat number. You know, it says GTE, which as we know generally means that seat is assigned at the gate and there might not be a seat for them. Generally, the flight is overbooked which was, you know, reasonable at that time. So he's going, I've I've Googled this and, you know, it says that Air Canada does this a lot and she might not have a seat and this and that. I said, okay, yeah, that's all, that's all fair. Look, like I'll, I basically guaranteed him. I gave him my word that I would get his daughter home and I would make sure that she was getting home on that flight. So he said, look, thanks for that. I trust you do what you can. Again, spoke to Neil, Neil called the airport. Airport staff said, "Yep, don't worry, we'll get a receipt." So called him back. said, "I've got, I've got my contact at the airport. They said that she's definitely on the flight. It's all good." And then, Q, you know, forty eight hours later, um, and she's landed in Vancouver, and he's called me again in tears. He said he's been pacing up and down a hill all night where he lives on an island. um, You know, worried about his daughter getting home. And when she's finally landed, he's he's basically collapsed on a rock and, and called me in tears, you know, thanking me for getting his daughter back home. Um, which was, you know, again, a very emotional experience for a for, you know, a grown Canadian man <laughs> to to you know to, to, to call a travel agent across the world that they don't know from a bar of soap and and break down like that emotionally. Um and, you know, I I hope to um uh, meet him for a beer one day the next time I'm back at home, that's for sure. <laughs>
1: It, that must have felt like such a, well, it must have been such an amazing feeling for you too, to get, you know, just to firstly know you'd, you've been able to solve the problem, but also just to get that feedback too and know that you'd made such a difference.
0: We've never experienced anything like this in our lifetime of, you know, people movement around the world and people wanting to be with their families and and home and potentially locked down or quarantined where they are for the next, who knows, amount of time. Mm-hmm. You know that's that's super important. And look, there was probably another five or six very similar stories to that of of people going back to either Canada or the UK and speaking to their their family or even their travel agents back at home. You know, I had a call from a girl's travel agent in London who actually called me and you know started out saying, "Oh, I'm I'm so and so's travel agent from London." And you know right away, you get this oh shit, like are they going to be give, are, are they bagging me out because I've stolen their customer and and it, and and it ended up being you know a very thankful conversation and you know this this agent had been working her guts off to try to get this customer home and hadn't been able to find any seats in economy, and the family couldn't afford to fly her business class, which even business class one way flights i think were 4,800 pounds or something like that. And that's the best she can find. And, you know, for me being able to secure them uh, an economy seat on a flight that was guaranteed to go, she was actually just calling up to say thanks. And, you you know, thanks for helping my customer. So you asked about collaboration. And and here we go. Now I've got, you know, a, a travel agent contact in London who, you know, wants to keep in touch and hopefully help each other out in the future if we can help clients affected that are either in Australia or UK. So, you know, we've got this potential um, partnership going forward, which is just just amazing.
1: Yeah, it's a whole different world already, isn't it?
0: Totally. Yeah, it, it is very different. And, and that together in travel, exactly what you're saying, Matt, is... It's just it's, it's already coming back to us in dividends in, in, you know, the relationships that we've always had and have always been there. But I think we're really looking after each other now. And if we continue to do that, I think we're, we're all going to be fine.
1: The other thing that I found really interesting and, and, and again, uplifting is just the whole perception of travel agents through this. You know, I guess we've known in the industry for you know, we've been banging on about it for so long about the, the, the value and the difference that an agent can bring to any traveler into when they're booking their travel. But it's been amplified tenfold. And I mean, you know, when we get out of the other side of this, do you think that story is going to really resonate even more with customers? I'd, I'd like to hope so. And I think it definitely will
0: with the individual people and their direct network uh, who were really helped out of a bind. Um, but to be honest, we've, we've been here hundreds of times before, you know, we've been in the, we've been in the volcano situations when Bali kicks off and, you know, everyone says agents have been amazing and and this and that, but I still think that unfortunately, um, price and convenience sometimes trumps the value to certain people of travel agents. And I hope because this one is more prolonged and um, the negative effects of not using a travel agent are potentially worse. I think that yes, we will hang on to a lot more customers and gain a lot more customers from it. Um, but I, I think the the conversation needs to more steer back to not, um, not mainly about the benefits of using a travel agent, but, what's bad about not using a travel agent? I think we need to kind of go back to that. But, you know, throughout this situation where flights have been canceled left, right, and center, and, the, you know, it hasn't been communicated to the customers from OTAs, it's, it's, just, it's just terrible. And unfortunately, some of that has actually bubbled across to an, an untrust of the, the whole industry as a whole. And, you know, so I've picked up a few or actually a lot of new customers throughout this, you know, one-way tickets of going home. And I found that a few of them were actually very hard to win their trust because they'd already been burned by online travel agents. And they were lumping that into the entire industry as a whole. So now we've got this problem of just, you know, winning a trust from them, just just to make sure that they know that travel as an industry is is good and great, and you're going to be taken care of. But unfortunately, when they you know been burned a few times, it 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 was hard to actually win the trust of these people, and I had to even prove sometimes that you know I was a legitimate travel agent, um, showing ABN numbers and IATA affiliations and you know putting things in bold writing up front that you know they would get refunds if their flights were cancelled and things like that where i've never had to do things like that before and this has come up you know four or five times in the last couple of weeks and at first i was kind of shaking my head going "Oh, you know why should i have to prove this but you know i guess going back to putting myself in the customer's shoes of having you know thousands and thousands of dollars go out the window and potentially never seeing it again, then yes, I'd probably be untrusting of the industry as well. So I, I think what might need to change, and I hope it does is a bit more of a divide of travel agents and online travel agents going forward and making sure that the customers and industry as a whole know that we're very, very different. And we don't provide the same service or no services at all. And, you know, there's a human connection with booking with a travel agent and, you know, shown this in the stories that we've just talked about. But um, I'm hoping that that story kind of gets a bit of a wider audience about how we are different.
1: I mean, I think it is going to be interesting because, I mean, while obviously no one, none of us really have any idea what's going to happen next or when we're going to sort of cease this sort of period of uncertainty. I mean, yeah, one thing's for sure is that the landscape is going to be very different. Um, I mean, have you we uh, again gazing into our crystal ball or gazing into your crystal ball in this instance have you has there been sort of any insights that have popped up for you around what what the what perhaps the opportunities might look like in terms of the new landscape One one thing that I do hope is that the airlines start
0: looking at and not just airlines but hotels and um tour companies and wholesalers but mainly airlines i think they really need to look at their relationships uh with their agents and if their customers are getting serviced in the right way because like what i was just saying about trust with the whole industry as a whole you know most of these people that have been burned have been burned through online travel agencies and when that happens they're still looking at their booking at a whole. So for example, say a customer books with Qantas through, you know, whatever online travel agency, the cheapest they can fly, find through Skyscammer. Scammer. Um, and then they have a terrible situation and they can't get their money back and they can't speak to anyone. Guess what the first brand is in their minds about that situation. It's still Qantas. It's still whatever airline that they booked with because that's the product they've gone to purchase so these OTAs are getting away with, you know, whatever and all their fees that they're keeping. And it's the brands at the end of the line that are actually copying the negative feedback and, you know, the hit to their brand in the end. So, look, I'm, I'm really hoping that these airlines really start to look at, you know, who they're working with. And if the commissions they are paying are actually worth, you know, the money that that it is going towards some sort of service. And carrying on the product and the service that that airline wants to show to their customer.
1: Um, but I guess it's, there's probably no point getting too far ahead of ourselves because that's uh, that's just overwhelming. So <laughs> I know personally, I guess I'm just trying to concentrate on the next thing in front of me right now, whilst you know still having a bit of a forward plan. But really, it's um, it really is a little bit day by day, isn't it?
0: yeah I think you're right, like and it has been very much day day to day up until I think this week it's kind of started to um chill out a bit. you know most people have been repatriated, and travel is has slowed down almost you know to it to a stop. So I think yeah, we've reached that reflection stage, I guess um in in where we're at, and you know firstly, how can we handle this better if it happens again or when it happens again? And yeah, you know, what does, what does my business or the travel business um, as a whole look like for the next three months, six months, 12 months? And I think we're all asking ourselves that question. Um, so if you've got any answers, I'd love to know. <laughs>
1: yeah likewise yeah (laughs) yeah well there's certainly plenty of predictions going on on around there which is which is fine of course but uh yeah I think the honest truth is nobody really knows yeah you're right so I think we can I think all we
0: can do is concentrate on you know what we can control now um and you know whether that be training or self-development Um, you know, business-wise, those are a couple of things you can look at and look, there's some great online training available these days. So if, if, you know, if you're a travel agent sitting there staring down the barrel of nothing to do for a few days, I think, you know, we can get into a real negative tailspin if you're literally just doing nothing and sitting around watching Netflix, um, or drinking or doing whatever takes your fancy. So I think staying relevant is definitely one of the key ones, Communi- communicating with your customers regularly. Um, or, you know, one thing I've thought of is sending postcards or letters. Like right now we're all locked inside our houses. And, you know, what? the most exciting thing is when there's a knock on the door and something's arrived for you, whether that's a letter or a package or a bottle of wine or your dinner from down the road, I think, you know, physical things and, and things like that is, is a big opportunity we have to communicate with our customers right now. Um, and back, and, and, you know, back to the, um, the, the training, you know, there's, I think for me, I've, I've, um, earmarked a lot of regional training because I think when we start to open up travel again, and again, crystal ball, whether that's three weeks, three months, three years, who knows. But I think that the regions will start opening up one by one. So for us, that you know, we're lucky because we've got an absolutely amazing region. If we're talking about Australia and New Zealand, which I think will be the first places to open up again. And if you look at what we have for travelers and the diversity that there is there, it's just absolutely incredible. So for us to train up on New Zealand, Australia, um, you know, with Sundays, Darwin, Kakadu, like Kimberley's, its entire massive region we have, study up on it. And if you're not already a domestic or New Zealand specialist, now's the time to become one because they're going to be the first ones out of the gates.
1: And I guess the last question I wanted to ask you today was just are there things that you've sort of learned about yourself already in terms of how you operate as a, as a I guess, both in business and just, you know, in your general day-to-day life? <laughs> well, first of all,
0: I think, I think with the whole quarantine, I, I was actually quarantined for 14 days because I was in um, Bangkok just before the, the Australia announced that we would need to do a 14-day quarantine for anyone returning to the customer. Country, sorry, that was absolutely fantastic to to actually be in a room with loads of other agents and suppliers and reps and you know airline um, contacts and things like that for us all to kind of sit down together and have a drink and talk about what's going on and be positive about it was amazing. But you know, being one of the first persons to to, to be actually quarantined to your house for fourteen days was, was interesting. I work from home. So, um, you know, it, it, it really kind of woke me up to going, really, wow, I'm, I'm actually spending a lot of time in my own house or my backyard, which is wasn't a bad thing going into this because I guess I was prepared for it. But I think coming out of this period myself and I think everyone will be, you know, absolutely chomping at the bit to get out there and, you know, spend more time in nature or do um, community sports and team sports um, or travel their local regions or areas. So I think definitely uh, it's gonna get me out a little bit more. Um, personal personally wise. and then business wise, um, one thing I definitely know is that my customers are amazing. and having dealt with with most of them going through, you know there's times of turmoil and financial instability, they've all been absolutely amazing, and I'm so lucky to have such a great group of customers. And I think most travel agents would, would probably agree the same. Um, so I think just going forward with keeping those relationships great, which, you know, is, is what made it easier throughout this time was having that personal connection with, with all my clients.
1: I've really, really enjoyed our chat today, Matt. It's been fabulous. Yeah, thanks again so much. I wish you all the best in the meantime and um, look forward to chatting to you again soon.
0: Yeah, we're all in this together, as you say. And um, I hope we we get through it and we all come out the other end as, as better people.
1: You've been listening to the Together in Travel podcast brought to you by Carry On and Travel to Change the World. If you enjoyed this episode, you can subscribe to hear more via Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you work in the travel industry, you can also follow us on Facebook as part of our closed group, Together in Travel. I'm Matt Leadham. Please stay safe, and I'll catch you next time.